0: Hey there everybody and welcome to the Biathlon podcast. First week of biathlon is in the books at a long old week of it in Finland. A couple of snoozers in there but we had some good races at the end of the weekend. I'm going to be looking back at all of that as well as forward to this weekend's races in Hockfilzen so let's get to it. So, welcome everybody, and thank you very much for listening. We've got all the good stuff coming up for you. I'm going to have the lightning recaps of both the women's and men's races. I'm going to be running through my performances of the week, giving my gold, silver, and bronze medals out there. We've got unsung heroes. We've got worst of the week. I'm going to end up with a bit of IBU Cup news, as well as my fills and predictions. If you want to get in touch, as always, you can do so on the Facebook page or by emailing me at thebiathlonpodcast.com. At gmail.com. Before we get to all of that, though, a little bit of news just to swing your way. And it's not great news, I'm afraid. Uh, this coming from Nordic Mag. Marta Osprey-Roysland will not be returning to the World Cup, and that is until January at the earliest. Uh, so we might not even be seeing her then. Uh, she said that her form is still not where she wants it to be, and her objective is to perform well at the World Championships over in Oberhof early next year. Not the biggest surprise, obviously, missing the first part of the season here. Thought it was probably unlikely that we were going to see her uh, this side of the new year. Uh, but still not great news all the same. Interesting news for the Norwegian team more than anything. Uh, Tangervold who, as we will see, had a really good week over in Finland, is really now the de facto leader of that team. And it's up to the the sort of junior members there to step up their performance and really make a case that when and if I guess Roysland and hopefully Tiralekov as well get back into that team, you want to really have uh, shown your stuff while they've been out and, uh, and prove that you can be in that relay team, and be in those sprints as well. Um, so yeah, interesting news there from Roysland, but as I thought, she's going to be focusing on those world championships, and she is going to be a tough woman to beat, focusing just on those. Uh, I think there'll be some big money put down on her uh, to take some golds over there. But anyway, that's for the future. Let's look back at the week we just had in Contiolati and let's get into the quickfire recap for what I thought were the stronger of the two sides of uh, of the calendar there. It's the women's races up first. So it was day two of racing as the women got going with the 15 kilometer individual race. There might not have been that many fans out there, but the ones who did come were cheering early because hometown hero Mari Ada was making it look easy early on, clear on the first two shoots and skiing quick enough for the win. Could have been a fairy tale. All came crashing down unfortunately because the third time round, we had three misses for Ada and she was out of the running. Big favourites were coming and falling, Dorothea Vera was the next to come in, just one miss as she came into her final shoot of the day, the first of the athletes in, but not one, not two, but three targets refused to budge for the Italian, sinking her all the way down to 38th on the day. Then it was Lynn Persson's turn, 18 shots fired for the Swede, 18 targets hit, but it wasn't to be her day, the last two of the day went wide, she was still our early leader though. And now it was time for the big names to get their shots going, Vanessa Voigt taking the early lead, doing exactly what we are coming to expect, hitting 20 out of 20. Her compatriot, Denise Herman-Vick, was hot on her heels, but couldn't quite get it done. A miss on the last added to one she already had, that put her second 31 seconds behind Voigt. Disappointing day for the main favourite though, Elvira Erberg was quick as ever. Unsurprising to get in the top ski time of the day, but that couldn't save her as three shots went wide. Weirdly, when you're as quick as Elvira, though, three minutes of penalties still can't stop you getting a top 10 result. She ended up ninth on the day. After a couple of splutters there, the big names did start to deliver. Ingrid Landmark Tandravold, the first race as leader of that Norwegian team, showing no signs of pressure at all. She got the perfect shoot, comfortably beat Voigt's time to lead at that stage. But it wouldn't last long because there was a Swede with winning on her mind. It was Hannah Erberg flying around the tracks and looking amazing with the rifle. Three shoots in, she was perfect. 15 out of 15 hit and a massive lead over Tandrevold. Came in for the last shoot, something had to go very wrong. There was one miss, but she was skiing well enough to coast home with a 36.5 second lead. Over the Norwegian. The win was done at that stage, but someone was still looking to get on the podium, and it was a good news story because Lisa Vitozzi is back. One miss early, but that was all we'd see. The other 19 going down, and more importantly, the sixth fastest ski time of the day, meant that Tandravold was under threat on the last lap for that second place. The Italian couldn't quite do enough on the skis, though. She had to settle for third, but that is a great result for Vitozzi. And then you've got to love that after all of the troubles that she had last year. So it was Hannah with the win, Tanjewold and Vitozzi second and third, with Voigt's perfect shoot earning her fourth, Julia Simon fifth and Denise Herman Vick rounding out the top six. Next up, it was time to relay and we had half a great race going for the win at the second exchange. We still had eight teams within half a minute of each other. Could have been an absolute classic, but there was the small case of two Erberg sisters. They did what we assumed they would and put the race to bed quick. Hannah, to be honest, wasn't great on the range, but just such a big speed advantage over the likes of Femsteinvik of Norway, Voigt of Germany that she could make a couple of mistakes on the range. No penalties for her. A couple of spare rounds needed though. She'd hand her younger sister a 21 second lead and Erberg the younger was not in the mood to lose that. She shot 10 out of 10 to cruise home with the win. We had a great battle behind her though for the podium places as Tandrevold and Herman went head to head for second. Herman just with a bit too much on the skis. Tandrevold doing well, had a second seven second gap on the final loop but Herman had a bit too much there, just taken her to get second place for Germany, Norway with the bronze. France, weird race for them. They were looking good for the first half, but a tough day for Chloe Chevalier on leg three meant that there was too much for Julia Simon to do. Bit of a lonely anchor leg for her. She came home fourth ahead of Switzerland. We had a rest day on Friday and then we got to the good stuff at the weekend. A couple of great races in the sprint and the pursuit. But Totsi going early in the sprint and once again showing that last year's Demons are well and truly behind her. I think maybe I know I did. I think we all got a little nervous when the first shot of the day went wide. But she recovered like an absolute champ to hit the next four and get on her way. The Italian team looking good early because Vera was bib number nine. She came in skiing slow but shooting fast. Just 25 seconds in the prone and down. They all went to a good start for her day. Vanessa Voigt went the other way. 38 seconds for her prone shoot, but the result just as good. Not as good as Denise Herman, though, who also had five down. She was skiing well and went out a second up on Vera to take that early lead after the first shoot. Julie Simon also in there. Five out of five in the mix. By that stage, we had our early starters coming in for the standing shoot. And bib number one was the story of the day there because Caroline Njotten was out to shock the world Eight out of eight went down. Could she have done it? No, nope. nine and ten. They were going nowhere. Bit of a heartbreaker for Gnotten, but not for Vitozzi, who rattled them down. Nine out of ten on the day to take the early clubhouse lead. And in second, we had the first, where did that come from performance of the day? Because Canada's Emma Lundher put in an amazing shift. Ten out of ten, and a good speed as well, putting her just eight seconds behind the Italian. Talking of Italians, Vera, you could tell she would want to take it from Vitozzi. She came into the stand. The shoot was not smooth though. She was a little bit up and down, some quick, some slow. She missed the fourth. She was on the penalty loop and her hopes for the podium were done. Herman also missed one. And with nine out of 10 on the day, I thought she was easily going to take the lead off of Vitozzi. But the speed just went on the last lap. She was struggling on the last loop and couldn't get it done. She wasn't the only one who couldn't get things done. Vanessa Voigt looking so good. Nine out of 10, the classic tough shot though. Number 10 just missed and missing the fifth shot. At that point the race was catching because we had synchronized Urbergs in this sprint race. Both Hannah and Elvira missing number five in the prone shoot. Then they both missed two in the stand. That wrecked their hopes of a win. Simon and David were both looking good as well, but they were sent too wide in the stand as well. And their hopes went down. So, As you can tell, we had favorites falling all around us. Who was going to take the win? It was someone the cameras had not picked up because they'd snuck right past the cameras to the top of the leaderboard. After the stand, it was the red and white flag of Austria at the top. As Lisa Theresa's houses, ace was back. No mistakes in the range for her, and more importantly, a top 10 ski time, giving her a big old win, 17.3 seconds over Vitozzi, the Italian keeping hold of that second place. Now the question was really, can Canada's Emma Lunder take her first ever podium? And it was a nail biter, because we had Sweden's Lynn Persson coming out of the range, 10 out of 10. Just a five-second gap to catch Lunda on the last loop, and it went all the way to the line. Persson doing everything she could, just nicked it. Great day for the Swede. She equaled her best-ever finish for a hauser Vitozzi persson podium. I don't think anyone had that one picked. Lunda still great day for her. That was her best-ever finish in fourth, just 1.2 seconds ahead of another best-ever finish for Germany's Anna Vidal. That was the top five. And then we had Herman and Tandrivold tied for sixth. Last up on the day, it was the pursuit. Last up on the weekend, I should say, it was the pursuit. We had Hauser leading us off with a massive group of athletes behind her going into the first shoot. She missed one, though, lost the lead. And we had Vitozzi clear, Vera clear, Lunder clear, Simon clear. But Stealing the headlines, none of them. It was Elvira Erberg, not just clear but after starting 40 seconds off the lead, she was just 9 seconds off the lead after that first shoot. No one's surprised by her catching Vitozzi on the second lap as well. So in the second a second shoot, we had a six-way tie up at the front, and the shooting was phenomenal. Vitozzi, Hauser, Vera, Lunda, Saman, all hitting the perfect 5 out of 5. But all that hard work Alvera had done had to be done again because she sent one wide and had to hit the penalty loop. Not much change going into shoot three. Again, we had that top five at the front and only one would miss. This time it was Hauser. Two misses from the Austrian meant that she was almost a minute back of the leading foursome and out of the running. And that was the leading foursome who all had a perfect shoot going. 23 seconds behind them, also having a perfect day, was Davidova carving her way through the field. And with her, she was in good company because it was Elvira Erberg taking up the chase, going into the final shoot. And this is exactly what you want from Biathlon. Four athletes up at the front going into the final shoot, two chasing them with a sniff of the win. if there were mistakes at the front. There were a couple, Vitozzi and Linda both missing one, Davidova missing one behind them as well, but Simon Vera, both perfect shoots for them, and Simone would have no issue pulling away from Vera on the last lap. That was her taking the fifth win of her career. Fourth year in a row she's had at least one victory. Really great stuff from the French woman. There was no catch in Vera for second. Great second place for her. Unfortunately, nothing Lunda could do to catch uh, to catch up or keep a hold of her podium. Vitozzi and Elvira both passing the Canadian. Elvira taking the final spot on the podium. Unsurprisingly, Vitozzi fourth and Lunda fifth, with Caroline Colombo of France taking sixth. Another best result of her career. Uh, coming in there and that was the quickfire recap of all of your women's races and now as i get my breath back let's go into some uh, let's give out some awards here we're going to be looking at some performers of the week we got a gold silver and bronze medal to give out there we'll also have an unsung hero as well as the disappointment of the week as well We'll start on the positives, though, and look at the performer of the week. And for me, there was one standout winner here. It had to be Lisa Vitozzi. Didn't get a win, unfortunately, but three, well, four, actually, awesome performances from the Italian, and she leads the overall standings after a second, third, and a fourth place. Uh, I said said four performances. That's not to mention her relay, which... Kind of sadly got lost because the Italian team Vera, wasn't skiing, um, and the rest of the uh, rest of the Italian team not as strong as some of the others out there. But she hit 10 out of 10 in that relay as well. Looked really really good uh, on the second leg there. Just unfortunate that that Italian team struggles to uh, struggles to put it all together and they sort of sank down sank down the leaderboard after that. But onto her individual performances. I mean, that was really where the where the star power was. I mean, we all remember what happened last year. If you don't, it was a nightmare for Vitozzi. In the prone, 61% on the year. She had so many meltdowns where it wasn't just missing one or two. It was missing four, missing five. The first shoot of the day, that was her race done. And you didn't see her again. And it was it was just sad to see because her confidence just looked to be gone. I did mention in the uh, preview episode that she'd had surgery on deviated septum, um, which maybe was having some effect. I don't, uh, lucky enough to say that I've never had a deviated septum, so I don't know how much it would affect uh, the breathing in that prone position. Um, But she was good in the stand last year. She remains good in the stand, but all importantly, that 61% last year in the prone was up to 93% last week. And if she can keep this kind of uh, shooting form going, we know the ski speed of all athletes is going to gonna have its peaks, going to have its troughs. But if she can keep that shooting performance going, if she can average over 90 for the season, then we could see Votazzi in with a chance of, uh, who knows, a crystal globe in one of the disciplines, if not a, a little shot there at the overall globe as an outside chance. That might be getting ahead of ourselves, uh, but really, really good to see Votazzi Back on the back on the podium uh, twice last week over there in Finland. So gold medal to vitotsi Silver medal. I, I went back and forth here. There are a lot of people in play. Honourable mention has to go to Lisa Teresa Hauser. But silver medal, I ended up giving to who I thought was the star of the weekend portion uh, of the races. And that was Canada's Emma Linda. She just lit up those races uh, for me there gutted that she didn't get the podium uh, but it was great to see her up there with a fourth place and a fifth place as well she you look back at her sort of other performances I was having a, a quick look because she had a strong year in uh in 2021 that COVID uh sort of shortened year um but then Last year, sorry, that would have been 1920. Last year, 2021, she started off really strong. She had a sixth in the first race of the year, the individual over in Ostersund. Uh, but then it just sort of tailed off. So it'll be interesting to see how she can respond to such a good weekend um, over in and next weekend. In bronze, I said, at least Theresa Houses, an honourable mention. It's because I've given the bronze. Here to Hannah Erberg. She got the first win of the season there in the individual. And I think that was a, a big win for Hannah. A lot of pressure on her this season. All the talk's been about Elvira, not her. It looks like she's maybe been leapfrogged there in the uh, in the conversation for the overall. But she comes in there with that win. Does really well in the relay as well. Really wins, sort of sets up that win for Sweden. A win that they should get because they're so much stronger. Um But really good for her. She's third overall uh, in terms of uh, the Crystal Globe race. She's skiing well. Again, it's all going to be down to whether she can keep that consistency going. We've seen her skiing really well, shooting well at the start of seasons. And then suddenly that pace just drops off, comes back for one or two races, drops off again. And she just can't keep that consistency. Whereas Elvira last year was skiing much better at at a more consistent pace. Elvira, I mean, I'm going to get on to disappointments, but really skied her way out of trouble in this weekend. Um, saved her individual, particularly. She was ninth after those three misses, three minutes of penalties. Still getting a top 10 is, is pretty impressive uh, on a day where there were a fair few uh, perfect shoots. Uh, she then sort of brought it back with that perfect end to the relay. No real pressure on her in that, though. As I said, Hannah had given a what was not necessarily a penalty uh, loops lead, but she could afford to use her extra rounds in that relay. But that's taken nothing away from that performance. 10 out of 10 uh, on that ankle leg. Really good to see. And then a mixed weekend for Elvira. 12th and 3rd. Poor shooting, but you could say that's good damage limitation. She's 6th overall uh, after after one round. Um, and, I mean, it you'd be hard-pushed not to see her winning... Uh, next week over in Austria. So that's your gold, silver, and bronze for performers of the week. How about the unsung heroes, though? There were a lot of options, I think, Uh, in this one I already mentioned in the recap that Anna Vidal of Germany uh, getting her best performance, Caroline Colombo of France coming sixth in the pursuit. But I thought they were uh, maybe mentioned. (laughs) Maybe mentioned. This is the unsung hero. So I was looking at some uh, some others here. We got Lotta Lee of Belgium, only two mistakes in the range. She got a 10th, a 28th, and a 29th for Belgium. Not quite good enough for the win, though. Anna Magnussen and Lisa Gasparin also having very good weeks that maybe went under the radar. But my winner here, someone that... Unsung hero, I mean, I'm not sure her name's ever been mentioned... In the World Cup coverage before, it's Sophia Schneider of Germany with an amazing week, I thought, 11th in the individual. She then came, had to take two spares in the relay on that second leg, but she hand over at the front of the race. Uh, She was then 8th in the sprint and 23rd in the pursuit and just came out of nowhere to uh, to take those amazing results, I thought. Um, we've seen her on the World Cup stage before. I've got to say, unfortunately, I didn't remember them. They were actually in Contiolati uh, and Hotfilsen back in uh, 2020. Slightly different performances there: 287th 87ths and an 80 uh, in her three previous World Cup races. She's been decent on the IBU Cup, but uh, but not the sort of not the sort of wins that you saw from Vanessa Voigt. Um, or others who made the made the leap up to uh, to get World Cup podiums, um, but what I mean what a what a start to the season for her. that eleventh in the individual, not just a not just a great shooting day either. She had two penalties on the day, um, so two minutes added onto her time. Uh, still getting eleventh place, a really really good result there, and then eighth in the sprint, getting a top ten in her what would that have been fifth ever World Cup race. That's really, really good to see. And the German team as a whole, I mean, they've been under pressure. we got the World Championships coming up in Oberhof, but Hermann was on good form, struggling a bit with the rifle at times. Uh, Weidel, I've already mentioned, on good form. Schneider on good form. Voigt on good form as well. And suddenly that German team starting to really, really mesh together nicely. Um We'll come on to the IBU Cup later, but they're getting good results there. So they've got good depth. And man, yeah, who knows? This could be a, a sneaky good year for that German team uh, if, all, if all goes well and this form can continue. I've had some positives there. I'm afraid I'm now going to dig into the negatives just a little bit as we go on to the disappointment of the week. I could have gone with Elvira here. I did think about it. I think there were a few in the in the mix here. I did wonder, before we got to the weekend, if Vera might be there. That 38th in the individual, that was disappointing. She missed the relay, which uh, I don't know the reason for yet. Um, but sort of left her team in the lurch a little bit there, which uh, that early in the season was a bit of a disappointment. But then she brought it back, got the ninth, got the second, so I couldn't really give her the disappointment of the week after that. Mary Ada tough leg in the relay for her. She was 17th in the individual, 19th in the sprint, 24th in the pursuit. And it was mainly the individual. I thought she was going so well. There were points in a a few different races where you looked at Ada and you thought, she's got the pace here. If she hits the targets, this could be a hometown podium, maybe even a hometown win, Uh, but she just couldn't quite get it done. But good to see her skiing well. and, uh, And I think she's a She's sort of a good dark horse bet for, uh, for a podium as we go through the season. My winner, though, of the disappointment of the week was someone who we just barely saw throughout the uh, throughout the proceedings over in Finland, and that is Anais Chevalier-Boucher. I thought she was going to be one of the favourites to take. I didn't think maybe the individual, but I thought the sprint or the pursuit would be could be a Chevalier day. But uh, only thirtieth in the in the individual, twenty fifth in the sprint, twelfth in the pursuit. Barely saw her on the coverage. Just uh, just quite an anonymous week for her. Obviously, it's early in the season, and um, and there's nothing stopping her sort of coming into form. Obviously, we've got Annecy uh, coming up before the end of this uh, calendar year, and uh, and she'll hope to get into form before then. She did nail the relay. Got to say that um, she put France into a really good position. Going into the third and fourth leg, as I say, just couldn't quite keep up on to that. They finished fourth, Um, so yeah, no real, no obvious winner of uh, of the disappointment of the week, which is good to see um, because you don't want to uh, you don't want to be hammering anyone too too much. Uh, But Anais Chevalier takes it in the first week of the biathlon season. And that will just about do it for the women's side of things. Now we're gonna go and take a look at how the men got on. It's a little bit more straightforward in the men's races, so we might not have uh, might not have quite a long quickfire recap as we look at those men's races now. So let's get into it, the men's recap. And it was the men kicking us off a week ago now with the 10K individual. And this was one for the smaller names, the upsets coming in here because the big names were not coming to the party. Seb Samuelson, he came off early, just one miss, but it was too much for him to overcome for the win. Salaholm Ligreed, who was my pick to take victory, Looked like he was cruising to the top step of the podium. Threw it all away on the final shot of the day with his last two going wide. That was him out of the running as well. What about your other favorites? my a missed too early and looks like he needs to ski his way back into some form. Two minutes, 19 down on the ski speed, down on the highest ski speed. And you know who that was. Johanna's Tinga's bow. How'd you like that ski time? He's back to his best, but four minutes given away in penalties that's always going to hurt even he can't overcome that he came in 12th on the day other big names Jacqueline also missed four didn't quite have the speed of Johannes he ended up down in 28th at least he got some points though because Tayabo, woof all the way down in 53rd six misses for the veteran there and with all these misses The chance was there for an upset and step into the spotlight, Switzerland's Niklas Hartweg, He's only 22, but he has got a cool head on those shoulders. He took down all 20 targets and hit the front of the leaderboard. It was short and sweet for him though, because only five minutes later, our eventual winner was into the finish. Just a week after missing 10 out of 20 in a warm-up race, Sweden's Martin Ponceloma was back on form. Just one miss for him and the second quickest ski time of the day, was enough to give him a 37 second win ahead of Hartweg in second. It was Roman Rees who looked like he'd secured last spot on the podium, but as we so often see in the individual races, there was a late charger coming, and it was Rees' own teammate, David Zerbel, joining Hartweg as the only two men with perfect scores on a day where the win didn't look like it was that big an issue, as it can sometimes be over there in Finland. Uh, But Ponceloma there taking the win Hartweg second, Zerbel third, Reese, Samuelson, and Ligried getting those top six spots. Then it was relay time, and I'm afraid that this one was not a classic. Germany did keep the Norwegians honest for the first three legs, but just like Elvira, Johannes was not here to lose. He blew Roman Reese away on that anchor leg to win by a comfortable 40 seconds. Germany coming in with an easy second and France a bit of a lonely third. Uh, so not too much to get excited about at the front of the field but the story of the day was further down with sweden who had a rough go of it out there in the relay pep femling don't want to pick on him but he does struggle with that first leg quite often i feel like he'd be better play second or third he took two penalties on his standing shoot that was the race really run for the swedes yes benelin stayed off the loop but his shooting wasn't great either uh, went down to the hero of the individual, wasn't the hero of the relay. He put the nail in the coffin. Martin Ponsaloma going on the loop as well one last time. Sepp Samuelson, as always, gave his best. He rescued some places, but the Swedes could only end up 10th. Bad day for them in the relay. That put us on to the weekend, and there was only one star in town. Johanna's, Tingers Burr. Going pretty late on the day in the sprint, he had bib 50. He knew exactly what he had to do, and that was beat his old enemy, Stella Holm Ligried. He was back on form. Perfect shoot from Ligreed, 1 of 12 on the day, and he took the early lead. Samuelson, though, was the first big name we saw on the day. Rode his luck a little bit, I thought, on the prone targets, but they did all go down. Wasn't quite so lucky in the stand, though. He missed just one, but that was enough to put him behind Ligreed on the day. Fionn Maier still away off the pace, 13 seconds down on Seb coming into the first shoot, and with one miss there, it was another lost day for the reigning champ. Just one miss for him overall, but down in 14th for the sprint. Ponzoloma also dropping off, he finished one spot ahead of Fionn in 13th, shooting high on his fifth shot, and we didn't really see much of him again after that. So that was your sprint, Johanna's taken the win. Second place for Ligreed and Roman Reese doing so well to get on the podium. Second clear shoot of the week for the German. He slotted in third ahead of Samuelson, Jacqueline, and Philip Fjeld Anderson. It's so on to the last race and it was the Sunday's Pursuit and another great day for Norway as Johannes led all the way from the front. Started out with a little bit of a 1v1. We had Johannes leading Ligreed, fouled a penalty loop behind him. With a chasing pack of Reese, Jacqueline, and Samuelson. Top five all went clear on the first shoot. Did see a couple of people falling away just behind them though. Dale fell away, Ponce fell away, as did Fabienne Cloud, who was one of my picks uh, for this race. Second shoot, and it was more of the same in terms of the clean shooting. Johanna's clear, Ligrid clear, Jacqueline clear, Samuelson clear. But we did lose Roman Rees, unfortunately, from that initial pack of chasers. Only the one missed. He dropped back with Fetcher, Sjorstad, Christensen. Third shoot was where things started to get a little bit tasty in the race. In came Johanna's 26 second lead. He missed his first shot, leaving that door open for Ligrid to maybe catch him, but he misses one too. Samuelson with the chance to catch Ligrid. He misses one as well. And then, as Mike Dixon called him on the commentary, Emilian Jacqueline, the ultimate hunter, came into sight of Ligreed, and we had a bit of a three-horse race going into the final shoot. And it was that final shoot where Johannes came in first. 35 second lead for the Norwegian. You knew he could afford one miss. Might not be able to afford two, though, and that's exactly what he got. Huge misses on the first and fourth targets. And could we have a race on our hands? No. Ligrid missed his fourth shot as well. That put it pretty much to bed. Johannes was on his way. Jacqueline with a little bit of a chance, but he missed five, three and five. Having some trouble with his rifle, he gave it a big old smack after his shoot. Getting some anger in there. Good race from him, though. No one could catch that top three, and that's how they came in. Johannes Stingersbow holding on to his yellow leader's bib for the overall. Ligrid in second, Jacqueline third, and then we had Samuelson, Roman Reese. And a great finish to the weekend from Jesper Nellin, getting himself a sixth place for his best ever result. And those were your men's races, your very, very early World Cup standings. See Johanna's with a 19 point lead over Ligrid, Roman recent third and Samuelson fourth. So Let's dig into those awards. That was the recap. Now let's give out some awards as well. And we will start off with the performers of the week. Starting off with the gold medal. And who else was it going to be? It's Johannes Tinger's bow. What a week he had. Absolutely dominated the sprint and the pursuit at the weekend. Skied so well in the individual as well. Obviously down the field a little bit there in 12th. But the ski speed was there. Just so dominant. Looked like the, essentially back to the Johannes of old. He could afford to miss in the sprint. Still had a decent gap over Ligreed. And, you know, this. we talked about Totsi. I mean, that's a real redemption story after her last season. Johannes didn't have it easy last season either, losing his overall crown, even two years ago where he was fought all the way to the death there by Ligreed. Um, so he looks like he is back to that Johannes from that sort of 2018-19 sort of season. Anna, and we could see something special from him this year. Not to get too far ahead of myself, though, because others were looking good as well. Ligrid looking good. Samuelson, Jacqueline all look like they can compete as well. And who knows what we're going to see out of Fionn Maya. Some people are going to question his shooting. I'm not too worried about that because we can, I mentioned 2018, that was his real sort of dominant season um, when it came to the World Cup. He only had four clear races that entire season and won who knows how many races. I can't remember off the top of my head, but it was a lot. Uh, So I'm not too worried about that shooting as long as he's got that killer speed, and it looks like he does absolutely tearing the field apart there. Um, So Johanna's not much to be said that hasn't already been said. He's going to carry on winning. We know he is. And he looks like he wants that overall crystal globe back. Going on to the silver medal, Roman Rees. What a week for the German. And really just stepping up in the same way as uh, I talked about Norway's women's team. We've obviously seen Arm Pfeiffer retire. We've seen Eric Lesser retire. That leaves a big hole in the team. But Reese really jumping up early in the season to say, look, I'm ready. I can lead this team third in the overall now. And uh, really, really good performances from him. Not just him, though. The German men's team, as I I was waxing lyrical about the women's team as well, but the men's team here, we had six Germans in the top 26 in the individual. They were all in the top 29 in the sprint and the top 29 in the pursuit. That is strength in depth for the German team. There's not one big star that you wouldn't say. I mean, Benny Dole's sort of the m- most celebrated, I would say, of that team. Roman Reese is the guy on form. Johannes Kern, who will come on to in the disappointments. He's skiing really well, uh, but needs to get his act together in the range. But they've got a lot of really, really good players. Good races uh, just Australia, if that's another young guy who's coming in as well. Um, so I like how Germany's team's coming together here. No big star to build around, but a good, solid team. Any one of them can get on the podium any day. Um, so, yeah, Reese getting that silver medal there, a fourth, a third, and a fifth. Amazing start to his season, and I really hope he can continue strong in Austria. Moving on to the bronze medal, had to include him in here, Nicholas Hartbeck the swiss lighting up the individual race and the individual race they can go they can go either way sometimes they can drag a little bit so you need a little spark in there somewhere and hartweg was that spark as i say it was only 5 minutes before Loma uh, broke our hearts and and beat him at the end there but hartweg doing so well and he's he's got pedigree this guy isn't coming out of nowhere he won the individual in the youth world championships back in 2018 2019 He's only 22 years old, and I'm really hoping that this year is the real step-up year for him. Um, obviously, the Swiss losing Benny Vega, they need a sort of talisman of that team, and maybe Hartberg can be that guy. Last year was his first sort of full year at the World Cup level. Um, so maybe this can be it. Just start to pick up those top 10s, top 20s. He doesn't need to worry about getting wins and podiums. Uh, but if he can just get points consistently, um, and that will get him in a really good position for the future. And looking at the week he had, uh, it wasn't so much that second place in the individual that really impressed me. It was what he did to follow that up. You see people get these really, really sort of out of nowhere results. And then often, if it's the first, first race of a weekend, they can sort of fade away. I mean, might be harsh, but you could even say that about Ponce Loma. He wins the individual, then he wasn't really in in the at the level he should have been which was fighting for the win in the Sprint and the Pursuit. Hartbeck, though, gets that second. That that result came out of nowhere. Then he gets 16th in the Sprint, one miss. He gets 17th, keeping his position in the Pursuit. Again, that can be hard for a young racer there. They can fall down in the uh, in the Pursuit races there. So really impressed. Really mature racing, I thought, from Hartbeg. Um And, yeah, we just have to wait and see. Is that sort of a one-off kind of week from Hartbeck, or will he back this up? because um, that's what you need to do to be to be one of the one of the top level athletes here but he might be able to make that step up as I say only 22 bronze medal going to Nicholas Hartweg for the most impressive performance of the week let's go on to the unsung hero I had two that I was going in between here and I did want to give a little honorable mention to Jesper Nellen who had a really good week under the radar obviously the Swedes We had the the winning couple to start off the week, Hannah and Martin Ponceloma both winning the individuals. Seb Samuelson was skiing well. He was in the mix in a lot of the races. Um, Obviously, the relay was a bit of a disaster, but the women's team winning the relay. So there was a lot of good news stories for the women. Lynn Persons' podium forgot that as well. Um, So, yeah, Nellon getting his best ever result went really under the radar, but it's a great result for him. Um, And and I like Nellon. He always puts in a good shift in the relays, Um, And so it's good to see him getting a bit of individual glory there in the top six. But the man I'm going for, who I think is a true unsung hero, because I didn't really hear his name mentioned much all week, it's uh, Vitalis Strolia of the Lithuanian team. He's one of my favourites. He had some great moments last year. Looked like he might sneak onto the podium a couple of times, um, but didn't quite make it. Two top 20s uh, in the... uh, Sorry, no, a top 30 and a top 20 in the sprint and the pursuit. But an eighth in the individual for Strelia. That's a great start for him. And a, a bit like Amalunda, uh, his best finish is fourth. That came last year. And it'd be amazing to see him get onto the podium this season. Um, so really good result to start off. Again, representing one of the uh, one of the nations with not as much funding as your Norway's and France's have. So Stralia of Lithuania, good start to the season for him. Wanted to give him a shout out. And I hope he goes on and gets a podium at some point. Those are the positives. Let's go on to the disappointment. And there was only one show in town when it came to disappointments because our reigning champion, Kanton My I said it was harsh that he wasn't the favorite to begin with, but he looked dreadfully off the pace uh, in all three races, really. He was only 17th quickest across, across the weekend of races there. Uh, that was from Real Biathlon Stats there, uh, doing great work. Um, that's slower than Strollier, who I just mentioned, and you would not expect that from someone as classy as Fjell And, well, obviously he can bounce back, and we're going to see that in My Best Bets for Hockfilsen, But 13th overall in... He's already 125 points back from Johannes And the way those points have been, have been changed this year, 90 points for a win, that's a that's a gap that you can bring back with with some decent results, obviously. But if Johannes is skiing as quick as he is, Compton Firmier needs to get his act together quick because it's going to slip away from him uh, if he's if he's not back on top form by Annecy at the very latest, but really hot fills and he needs to be getting some top fives at least um, to just keep everything in check there. Did want to also mention Johannes Kern. I mentioned how impressive I thought the German team were, but I think it was a week of missed opportunities for Kern. He was the fastest German out there, sixth fastest athlete overall, and just didn't take advantage uh, of that. A 22nd, a 12th, and a 29th for him. I mentioned him in the preview episode as a real, real outside bet for a challenge overall, and he showed the speed that I thought he might have, but just needs to pick it up in the range. Um, and Kern obviously going to Hockfields, and he's got great memories there. So I'm hoping he can bounce back, maintain that form he's got for another week, uh, and hopefully we'll see him bring it back together. The other the other name there, obviously I have to mention Taya Bowe, just anonymous out there. He looked like he might have a chance in the sprint, but he's spraying them wide. Individually, he had a terrible time of it outside of the points altogether. And yeah, just a, a bit of a lost week there for Taya um, but we know he's going to come come back strong. Something I thought maybe in play, we mentioned uh, last year, Johannes Stinger's bow, new child there. Maybe that could affect the training, could affect the sleep. And Taya obviously dealing with the same thing. Uh, he's got a, a brand new child himself. So maybe we will start to just see a little dip in form here and he'll take a while to, uh, to get himself back into the season. So that's all of the uh, all of the awards given out there for the men's side of things. Um, We're going to have a look forward to my best bets for the coming week in Hot But before that, let's take a quick look at the IBU Cup results. So they were racing over in Sweden at Idrifjall, and it was on the women's side that the biggest news story was coming in. And it wasn't the winner. It was the latest. In the line of cross-country skiers who are giving biathlon a shot. Slovenia's Anna Maria Lampic, who, in a 7.5-kilometer race, not a long race at all here, outskied the field by 58 seconds in a first-ever sort of big biathlon race. Amazing speed from her. I can't remember exactly, but I do not remember Stina Nielsen doing, uh, doing this to the field. Um, and she backed that up as well. She had four races in total. Uh, She beat the field by 40 seconds in the pursuit, beat the field by one minute, 23 in the individual and beat the field by 36 seconds in the second sprint race that they had there. That's not to say that she won any of those races because she did not. The shooting was a little bit brutal, missed four in both of the sprint races, missed seven in the pursuit and seven in the individual. But if she can sort of bring up that shooting even a little bit and is skiing the way she is, she's going to be winning on the IBU cup level soon enough. And I would wonder if Slovenia might start uh, wondering about putting her at the world cup level, because that's the kind of speed where you think, okay, we've got a real biathlete here. Uh, The shooting can be fixed. We've seen it with Herman uh, who, you know, struggled a lot in the early days uh, but then she wins the individual at the Olympics. So shooting can be taught. You don't think that speed necessarily can be. And she has that to burn. Outside of that performance, good wins for Marta Klakstad Hansen, 23 23-year-old Norwegian. She won the sprint pursuit double uh, top 10 in all four races. We haven't seen her at the World Cup level yet. Uh, so that's a little name to watch out for. Not sure we'll see her this season, maybe towards the end. Uh, when you start to see um, some other names coming up. But there are spaces up for grabs in that Norwegian team, I think. So that's a name to watch, Marta Klakstad johansen Over on the in the other races, we had a win for Janina Hetish. We've seen her at World Cup level, of course. And also a win for uh, Selina Groschen of Germany. So good results for the German team in the World Cup level and in the IBU Cup level. So, we might see Hetish back in the World Cup sooner rather than later. Who knows? Maybe she'll have to uh, to prove it again uh, there in Italy next over in Martel. Over on the men's side, Norwegian dominance was the order of the day. Three wins for Andre Stromsheim and one second place. Um, it's hard to get much better than that. He'd have had to clean sweep the entire uh, meeting to do that. We've seen him get top 20s in the World Cups before. That Norwegian team, though, is so hard to crack into. When you look at the names who are at the IBU Cup level, um, we've got Alexander Fjeld. Um, I've lost his name. Anderson? Yeah, Alexander Fjeld Anderson. Uh, we've got him there. We've got uh, Aspines. We've got Stromsheim. Björn Tagard is going to be going to, back down after his, um, his brief showing in the World Cup. So these are big names, big names that we've seen at World Cup levels. So hard to crack into that team. Um, So, yeah, we'll see how we'll see how he gets on. Maybe it's a a season in the IBU Cup. And I mean, let's be honest, winning the IBU Cup is uh, is not to be not to be sneezed at. That's a great achievement. Um, So Stromsheim in a great position to do that this year. That's it for the IBU Cup. Uh, Now let's get Onto the, those future bets uh, over in Austria. So that's right. We've uh, barely had time to uh, to breathe since all of that racing in, in Contiulati, but we will be back on Thursday, um, right through the weekend over in Austria, in the uh, the beautiful Austrian Alps. There in Hochfilsen. The women are getting us started with the uh, the sprint race there on Thursday afternoon. We've then got the men sprinting on Friday. And then it's a packed weekend of racing. We've got women's pursuit Saturday morning, followed by the men's relay. And then splitting that round, we've got the women's relay on Sunday. And to cap things off, the men's pursuit. In terms of the, uh, the bets, let's start off on Thursday with that first race, the women's sprint. It's a Pretty unsurprising uh, list of, uh, of top favourites. We've got Elvira at 5-2, to two, Hannah at 5-1, to one, and Lisa Vitozzi, the yellow bib, leading the overall at 7-1. to one. And of those three, I'm going to be boring. I backed her last week, and I'm backing her this week as well. I think Elvira's just got that speed to really... I think everyone other than Hannah, she's got a penalty loop over uh, when it comes to that sprint race. And if she can just tighten up that shooting a little bit i think she's got to be the one to watch i'm not putting any money at 5 to 2 on Elvira, um but i think she has to be the favorite rightfully is and um and she's going to be tough to beat there in the sprint but the problem with um with alvera is the shooting and um, we saw we saw it sort of great in the relay but not so great in the sprint the individual So there's going to be openings potentially for other people here. Can Hannah or Vitozzi take advantage of that? It's possible, but I like someone else here. I'm going to move a bit further away from those favourites, and at 13-1 to we find Anais Chevalier-Boucher. You might be thinking to yourself, hold on, you gave Chevalier-Boucher the Disappointment of the Week award earlier on in the show. How can you be backing her to take the win in Hockfilsen? And I think there is reason to be hopeful if you're a Chevalier Boucher fan. Uh, she was skiing well. She's skiing at a similar sort of pace to the likes of Vitozzi and Tandrevold. Uh, it was just the shooting that let her down. She missed four in the individual, two in the sprint, and two in the pursuit. And in the pursuit, she was sort of on the cusp of the top 10 there, uh, finishing in 12th. So she's on good ski form. It's just tightening up that shooting. And I think maybe there's something to be said for sort of the mainland European athletes, the non-scandinavians uh, in the field to maybe perform a little bit better at the start of the season uh, when we move down from be it Contilati or Ostersund, uh, when we move down to the likes of Hotville and Annecy. I think some of these uh, some of the athletes come into their own there sunnier, nicer weather, maybe a bit more cheerful. Um, so I think Chevalier Boucher could definitely um, not necessarily there'd be a huge surprise surprise a few and take a win in the sprint that's where my money's going if you'd like a more sort of a, a real outside bet mentioned her earlier marie ada slightly disappointing on her home snow in finland but she was the fastest skier not named urberg in the field last week on average so 40 to 1 for Mary ada uh, she just needs to get those shots in just a bit well like chevalier boucher really but if ada can hit 10 out of 10 on Thursday, then there's a real chance that she could be in in for a victory. Um, onto the men's race, racing on Friday there in the sprint. Slightly weird sounding odds for Johannes, but he is the favourite at thirteen to twenty. Uh, that's at Bet Three Six Five here in the UK. Second favourite is holm Holmgreen at five to one, with Sebastian Samuelson and Jacqueline following at nine to one. And here. In a similar way, I think after what we saw at the weekend, it is hard to back anyone except Johannes, but Ligrid, he likes it over there in Hochfilsen. and he's won there before two years ago, obviously he's skiing well, he's shooting not perfectly, but when he was when he was going there, it, it looked like the Ligrid of a couple of seasons ago where he took Johannes all the way to the wire uh, in that overall race. And then behind them, you've got Sebastian Samuelson and Jack And they do, I mean, they're both there at nine to one. They do seem like peas in a pod, really. Either of them could take the win if it's their day. But then equally, you could see them just falling back with mistakes on the range. They're both skiing well, though, and they'll definitely be a danger on Friday. In terms of the betting, though, I'm looking much further down the list and seeing two names really popping out at me at 25 to one. Both former overall champions. Well, one, the current overall champion, but Taiyabo and Contant feel my a at twenty five to one to win a race in the World Cup biathlon season. That's the kinds of odds that I can't, uh, I can't look past. I mean, feel my a obviously had a torrid time uh, over there in Hockville's and just wasn't at his best at all. But he's a classy athlete. He knows what he needs to do. This isn't his first rodeo. And I think he could be back on form as early as this week. And Bohm at the same time, he was struggling in the range. But seventh quickest ski time overall. If we see mistakes ahead of him, um, it's too good to pass up, in my opinion. 25 to 1 for Taya and Konson Fiume. I'll be putting a pound or two on each of those. Um, to take the win on Friday. Then we've got the relays, of course. Men going on Saturday, women going on Sunday. And I was a little bit disappointed with the relays in Contiolati. They weren't the most exciting races. And I think, unfortunately, we're going to see more of the same. Um, I think Norway in the men's race and Sweden in the women's race are going to be very, very tough to beat. But saying that, we see mistakes in the relay. We see penalty loops. And if they have for either of these teams then we could see some really good races this weekend in the men's race. If Norway don't win it, then I am back in Sweden. I think they're going to be, you know, they're going to be a little bit sore after that performance, Uh, really struggling, never getting into the race. They were sort of scrapping down, down to sort of get into the top 10 for much of it, obviously coming through towards the end. Uh, But I think Sweden are going to want to right some of those wrongs and they could be on for a much better performance in the women's race. I've talked a lot about the German team uh, in today's episode, and I'm—I think they could do well. Obviously, second place—they technically are the second best team at the moment. They might not have the massive names, but Voigt, great in the range, Herman great on the skis, and then if the if the other two legs there can just hold hold their form and keep them in with a shout, then Germany really uh, really could trouble Sweden, and Sweden. You never know if they're going to be on the pouncy loop. The Airbugs could be on the pouncy loop. We've seen Pearson do it before as well, so that could be a could be a more open race. It was the best race last week in terms of the relays, um, and yeah, maybe we'll see see some excitement there in the women's race. I think that's it for me. I think I've uh, blabbered on into your ears for long enough for one day. So we'll see what happens in hot and I'll be back with you next Tuesday to recap all of the races and of course look forward to Annecy after that so enjoy the biathlon in the meantime and I'll see you next week thanks for listening